my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. I'm off my game today. No, you're not. That's true. People are going to have to start making better content. I think we're going to be talking about this for a long time. When you program for everyone, you program for no one. I think it's that we're a purpose-driven platform. Like, we're trying to get to substance. How was that? Are you happy with that? Yeah. This is marketing therapy right now. It it really is. (laughs) What's up? I'm Laura Carenti. And I'm Alexa Kristen. Welcome back, Adlandia. 2018. We made it. Over and out. Happy holidays, Adlandia. <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone. So we're in the studio talking about all things content marketing with Linda Holiday, CEO and founder of Citia. Yes. Uh, Linda, we've known her for a few years now, and I think we've both been kind of fascinated with her really interesting background and the product that she's created and the company she's created is a SaaS software as a service company that has a very kind of usable interface for what I would say is content marketing in this kind of new 
media and user interface world. Yeah, so. and I think some of the insights, Linda's been in the space since 2012. So it's interesting to see how um, her perspective has evolved as obviously technology, new platforms have emerged. I think just in general, one of the themes that we've talked about at length over the course of this year has really been the need to move towards content ecosystems and moving away from the idea of campaigns and flight dates and very structured channel planning. And these like little spikes that go to nothing, spikes that go to nothing. And I think she'll, she's going to yeah. talk about some of that stuff. So with that, Linda Holiday for the holidays. We'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. And we're back in the studio. Welcome, Linda Holiday, founder and CEO of Cydia. Hi, Linda. Hi, great to be here, you guys. Thanks for joining. So, Linda, tell us what Cydia is and does. So, it's hard to talk about what Cydia is without doing a tiny bit of a backswing because yeah, let's do it. 
It's not obvious, but the internet has kind of gone through a phase shift. We used to make pages and lots of big things, and now it's all a bunch of small pieces that get reorganized according to some kind of intelligence and flow through feeds and streams. So City is really mm-hmm. a platform that helps big companies make that kind of media. So if you're a brand new company, you started making that. But if you're an older company, you've inherited a lot of like tech debt and CMSs and things that aren't really well suited for these channels. So it's a platform that big companies like GE and Comcast and Viacom use to make media that goes across all channels. So sometimes we think of ourselves as a shipping container system, but for content. So you make something once and we make sure we can get it to everywhere and that all the metrics are standardized and counted and human and intuitive. What was the insight to move into a shipping container business for content? Um, One of the insights was that the format itself was getting commoditized, right? We used to make websites, and then somebody invented this thing called a laptop, and we're like, what? We have to make another one, a smaller one? Like, you couldn't actually put a desktop website on a laptop. Right. And then fast forward, we've got a gazillion channels, and they're all different. And so everybody's running like a million teams making format changes, which is a tremendous waste of time and money. So that was one insight, mm-hmm. that the, the format itself was becoming commoditized. Right. But people, different people are using Cydia for different things. I remember when we were talking to Ross Martin, who's been on the show, when I first met him, he actually walked me through like the Viacom Innovation Lab, and he was showing me all these things that they had done with Cydia, which was like kind of a big deal for Viacom at the time. It was like, how do we get um, content out that's lightweight and easy and quick and can be modifiable? Um, they were using, you know, Cydia on, on one level. What are the kind of different use cases for Cydia that you've seen? That's so funny because GE was our first client and Viacom was our second, and it was literally turbines to tattoos. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And so we sold it in for content marketing, and content mm-hmm. marketing was you know kind of hot then mm-hmm. and should be hotter now. But back then, people were really investing in it. And so we found the people who were looking to do that kind of convert thought leadership, white papers, a lot of the you know support um, content around brand marketing and corporate marketing. And then what happened was inside, people started to make all the stuff we never thought about, right? So HR, investor relations, training. And we just like watch people make these things and because it really is multi-purpose content. And Mm. once you know how to use it, it's like PowerPoint or Keynote. Mm. Anyone can get in there and make stuff. So people did. Mm -hmm. And now I'd say our, our number one use case still is content marketing. And the second use case would be communications, you know, PR. Mm. And, and, then, and so the the actual product itself is really like a deck that you can swipe through and get content in sort of a card-like format. Is that accurate? Yes. And so another kind of insight or observation is that the most native motion on a phone is a swipe, not a tap. Mm, yeah. Right? So we made swipeable media because that's the most ergonomically correct. Mm. Like if you think about how you use a phone, it's like a coffee in one hand and the phone in the other, Right. So if that's the most natural motion, like what do you what do you want to do to get through a lot of content fast? And the other kind of insight behind that is users know what they want. Like we're all really great at navigating. And if you give people content that they can get through quickly, they will find what they want. It's actually designed to help users get through a lot of content fast. Mm-hmm. So if you think about how most things are now just a feed and it's a column mm-hmm. and it could be 100 feet long and it's kind of exhausting But if you open up like the depth or that Z axis, Mm. then you also can get people to a lot of 
depth much faster because it's actually three-dimensional content. Right. Yeah. So more engagement, obviously. Yeah. Well, it's it's engaging because we like to, you know, kind of, you know, surf and and browse and try and find what we find. And it's also kind of satisfying. There's this little, like, almost mm. worry bead um, effect to getting mm. through stuff. If I started over, I wouldn't have done all of that at once because as a designer, I spent a lot of time studying ergonomics. Mm. And, like, it's just not healthy to bobblehead up and down with your content, right? That's not good for your neck. It's not good for your eyes. It's better that the content move and your head stay straight, mm. right? That's much more human. So I'm like, well, let's just do that. And people are like, why does it swipe? Because it was before Tinder. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we stuck it out. And so now people understand that that's actually a really efficient way to get through content. And I see things all the time that look like Cydia, like the um, App Store, mm -hmm. the Apple App Store, but it's one card thin. I'm like, this is so inefficient. You could get through so much more if you could actually get to, you know, um, app, apps for language learning and go boop, 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 right? How old is Cydia? How long has it been around? We launched in 2012. Okay. But we were um, working with publishers. And in 2016, we switched over to uh, corporate customers, and GE was our first customer, which mm -hmm. we launched in um, first quarter 16. It's interesting to think about how you were starting to develop product based on sort of the learned behavior or the evolution of behavior for how we interact with technology that's going on what seven years ago now mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting to think about how in the current marketplace um, we're still developing one size fits all formats and expecting those to travel to you know different screen sizes or play to different viewing environments what have you learned over the last seven years that you would share with our audience when thinking about how to diversify format and really paying attention to the space and behavior that consumers are leading with I think the hardest transition for traditional marketers is to understand that what's most important now is relevance we all grew up in an era where we kind of had the mic, right? And we said, and they listened. You know, 10 years ago, 95% of media was made by businesses. Now it's less than half, right? So we're our, uh, those of us who are trying to put, you know, commercial messages out in the world are competing with a lot of stuff that we didn't used to compete with. And to compete in this new tent, you have to be relevant, right? right? So we all cared a lot about production values, me especially. I can be a real perfectionist, right? I love storytelling. I love the big canvas. I spent a lot of my life making television commercials, which are excruciatingly, you know, perfectionist. But now, like, that doesn't matter so much. It matters more that you get there when the party's going on, right? Like, attention is a stock market now. It goes up and down so fast, right? So if you can't make things as a, as a commercial entity fast enough to get in on whatever people are interested in, you're going to be irrelevant. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would say we need what we've learned is people have to really dial up how fast they jump in and how they find the right connection between their products and their content and their customers or potential customers' interest. Do you see that translate in your product? Like, do you see brands or creatives using or publishers using your platform the wrong way? And what would you advise in terms of, you know, evolving content to even just fit within the product you've created? I think there's a pretty big learning curve, right? I, I kind of think of it as going from baseball to soccer, right? So everybody's on that on that learning curve. Companies like Viacom, of course, that have a lot more customer um, touch points learn faster. 
right? They're in a lot of social channels. They've got a lot of teams, so there's more shared learning. Business to business customers have been really good at content marketing for a long time. So they actually understand not going right for the jugular immediately, but they have to kind of earn some attention and credibility by being useful to their customers before they try to close a sale. So they're farther ahead in some surprising ways. A lot of the traditional, you know, CPG companies are trying to go too far too fast and they scare their customers. Yeah. You know, what's your perspective and what are you hearing from some of the kind of big old companies that are really trying to transform and how are you helping them do that with Cydia, um, maybe conceptually as well as, you know, from the executional standpoint on, on using the interface? So we have B2B and B2C customers, and they have different kinds of challenges, right? The B2B customers have had a lot of attention, and they've been able to use things like white papers and um, conferences. And now um, they're just realizing that their customers are also in control. When I was in healthcare, we used to say, you know, you would go to the doctor. That was a healthcare consult. Then all of a sudden you went to the Internet. You went to the doctor. You went to the Internet. That was a healthcare consult. That's happened to all B2B just recently. So they used to control access to their product information, and you had to, like, talk to their salespeople. And so now those salespeople walk in if they can get in at all, and they can't. Like, there's a disaster that's pretty underreported that B2B salespeople really can't get the FaceTime with their customers they used to. But that customer has also done a tremendous amount of research. Their procurement people have helped. And when that salesperson walks in, it's a firing squad. It's more Shark Tank than let me tell you about our new product. Mm. So it's a tremendous change, and they're trying to figure out how do we put smaller pieces of content, how do we tell big stories in small pieces, so that we're pushing all that relevant information into the places where our customers are doing their own you know, kind of self-exploration around our products. Mm-hmm. And that's a really hard transition to make because, again, they had the microphone and now they don't. The customer has it. That's right. How does your platform as a technology solution, how is that kind of either disrupting or replacing kind of the standard content management? And I don't mean content management systems, but even, again, the content management philosophy. Or is it? Content marketing and advertising are kind of converging, and right, both of those teams bring something different to the marriage, right? So um, the advertising people think in terms of campaigns, and I think now the more appropriate mindset is always be publishing. Like our customers are always on, and we have no idea where they are in their product discovery journey, so we have to be out there in all these channels all the time. So if you put in your head that it's an always-be-publishing model, then you would say, I need a platform that supports that kind of behavior from our content marketing and our advertising team. So that's what Cydia is. But I would say most of our customers still think in terms of campaigns. And campaigns are great. Like, they organize your effort. They give you, you know, some meaning that you can actually dial up for bursts of time. It's also good. But software as a service is actually a foreign concept to advertisers and marketers because we've been taught to think about just launching something, not maintaining and holding things. You know this concept of frequency from, you know, reach and frequency? Like you had to actually build a certain amount of um, memorability by repeating your message, right? So that was how you kind of made a little bit of a permanent impact on a customer. You guys do all these amazing events, and they happen, and they're like 
a month, right? Mm -hmm. And then you let all of that awareness go down to zero again, and then you have to build it up from scratch at the next event. So we would say you should think of that as a platform, and it should have some kind of maintenance level of activity all the, all year. And then you have a party, like once a year, you know, where you really, you know, Punctuate roll it. that thing out, yeah. right, and get all the drama. Yeah. But keep it going during the year because when you let it go down to nothing, you have to rebuild it from nothing. Yeah. We've talked a lot on the show about the idea of impact and attention being the new reach frequency. And this idea of these mic drop moments being supported by communication that happens in between them. And so I think the idea of communications planning and channel planning and the role of messaging has never been more important. I totally agree. I think one of the things that we haven't really talked about is what is the infrastructure. And I've become like nerdy obsessed with this because like everybody talks about MarTech and your tech stacks and your this and your that. But really talking about how there has to be kind of a transformative, maybe even like a layer or two things um, that allow that engine to run. It's all bespoke, right? And it's all like, you know, these kind of bespoke islands of things. And I think that even if the um, holding companies want to be successful at this kind of stuff, they need to have not only a perspective, but they need to have a foot into the technology space to really enable this stuff. What are your thoughts on that? I would like technology to go away for you guys. For marketers. Right? Yeah. Like, you should just be thinking about your content, your strategies, and technology is a burden, right? Like, I remember back to when everything you thought of didn't have to go through some giant IT loop that made it more expensive oh. and more time-consuming, <laughs> right? You could just make stuff and you could get it into the world. And while the world sped up, we slowed down, right? That's a mismatch. There's one thing there that I think is really exciting is that right now in general, it actually still is in the IT loop in terms of like if you're a marketer and you want to have some kind of metrics, analytics, and you want to get things out quickly, you are still effectively going through some version of your IT or you're outsourcing it. You're going to a publisher who can get it done very quickly. You're going somewhere else who can get, you know, to someone who can get it done very quickly. What the power of the marketer actually owning that hasn't really happened yet in the industry. There are some marketers, I think, who are more tech savvy marketers. Um, but you're seeing like the rise of the chief digital officer. Really, I think that's kind of spurring that on. But, you know, what does that look like? What does that look like when the marketer takes it? What has happened, and I don't think people have even noticed it, is it's Instagram. Because <laughs> Instagram is something marketers can do without tech. Yeah. And so I think a lot of the success of that Explain platform. Explain that a little bit. Like what, you could when just you say leave that. here and post something. You don't need anybody's permission. You don't need any, you know, roadmaps. You don't need to get in the queue. <laughs> You're just done, right? So. I think the, the user-friendliness of Instagram is at least half the reason it's become so popular for marketers. Interestingly, you're solving for future-facing problems sitting on the tech side and the design side, but you've had a career on the agency side and you've seen what it takes to think about or put in place solutions that will help brands. Can you talk about your background and how you've navigated to end up in developing a company like Cydia? Well, Backing up from here, um, I kind of had the problems you're talking about, right? And I called it death by a thousand cuts. You know, the proliferation of all these channels made 
um, figuring out what to do and doing it well almost impossible. And if you already have scale, you need a solution. Like it's great for the disruptors because they can pick a channel and do it well. And so the barrier to entry came way down. But if you're selling you know, um, deodorant or cars or whatever, and you're already trying to talk to millions and millions of people, you had a much tougher challenge, which was managing all that complexity. And there has to be something for business at scale to make it simpler, to take advantage of the benefits of scale. And I know, you know, it's kind of fashionable to kind of um, disparage scale, but that's what everybody wants. Here's the thing that I love that you just said that is really right. Like it's not fashionable to talk about scale. The reason it's not fashionable to talk about scale is because scale represented the one size fits all model. The, the point is every DTC brand want scale. They No one's going to say to you, I don't want to grow. I don't want to be selling to millions of people. They will say to you, I want to maintain what keeps me special and I want to grow my relationship. So I'm looking at a lifetime value of always. A lot of big companies got really far away from their customers, you know. Their, you know, our media habits, our taste, ingredients, you know, so many things changed all at once. And a lot of smaller companies drove trucks through that. Well, what do you think? The people that you're mentioning, like a Casper, they've done a great job at doing content marketing. I don't know what they would say, but at least doing, you know, speaking to their audience and knowing who their audience is and then backing it up in their product experience and all of that. But like, what's next? I'm nodding furiously because I don't really see a response from the traditional mattress makers. And this has been going on for years now. This Casper didn't launch last week, right? Mm. So I think a lot of these companies, you know, they're too big to change. And so I do think a lot of these disruptors are going to eat some lunches. Yeah. What does the future of content marketing look like? I think we're ready for the second wave of content marketing. You know, the first time around, we all thought it was a panacea and that we would just make this instead of advertising and everything would be great. And it's not easy. It's hard. Like there aren't many, I've heard you guys say there aren't many people who know how to land the plane, right? (laughs) So um, it's a different skill set. And one of the barriers is that inside the company, you know, the CFO and the rest of the people you're accountable to expect you to bring in a certain kind of business for a certain kind of spend in a certain amount of time. And content marketing doesn't work like that. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there has to be like a resetting of expectations inside and some patience for people who knew the former method to learn the new method and execute it well. And so now we really have to do it because I'm sorry, but the Internet doesn't like advertising very much. Well, I think that's also the issue, you know, in, in speaking on the media side, like starting with a channel mix before you even have an idea, you know, and thinking about I'm going to go out and create um, this media mix and allocate percentages of my budget, and then I'm supposed to fill it fill it with content that might look the same across the entire ecosystem. That's been the model, and I think what we're all sort of, you know, alluding to is maybe we need to take a step back and realize that channels are just tactics to deploy this bigger content message or, or idea of of what we're working towards. It actually starts with the customer because people don't understand that content marketing is service. I love that. It's about how can I be helpful and meaningful in your life? If I make toothpaste, you know, can I help a mom understand exactly what she or he needs to know to manage the oral care from, you know, birth to college and be trusted for that? 
you'll buy my toothpaste if I do that. Yes. Right? I mean, I love that example. It's so funny because Gimlet Media, you know, came out with Chompers, which is like a two minute podcast for kids and parents about brushing their teeth. The problem is, is like advertising has become almost FSI like, right? When you start thinking about content and product like this, all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, a 30 second ad, the way we've been thinking about it, the way we've been buying it, the way we've been placing it becomes like an FSI compared to something that is going to give me a relationship and an emotional response and actually a product that I care about. And makes you want to spend time with the brand. With the brand. Right. Yes. And if you go right for the business, you know, people put their guard up, right? But when you start thinking about storytelling that actually is valuable to me in that moment and has goes along with this kind of product experience, all of a sudden it's a very different type of storytelling. There are degrees, right? Like a business Amazon that has exclusive features, right? There's no Amazon too, right? So <laughs> it's easy to develop a preference for that because they deliver something nobody else does. But a lot of these other products are considered kind of interchangeable, like, you know, SUVs. If I had to go buy an SUV, I would have to start doing some research. I don't really have a preference. So that's where a lot of what we're talking about comes in. Who connects with me, not just in features, which might be kind of minor from one vehicle to another, but which one of those represents my idea of freedom or convenience Your or values, safety. values, beliefs, yeah. Yeah, so that's where, that's where the craft comes in, you know, trying to connect those kinds of products to people more deeply if, you know, some things kind of sell themselves. Yeah, I think that's a, a really excellent point when you think about it that way is like, uh, aside from a few attributes, what really is differentiating. And I think that we don't spend enough time really leaning into the insight of why somebody may care about a particular product or service. Reaching more people doesn't necessarily mean that we're reaching more people. I, I everybody deeply, will but you know, like I, I've been using this line on. The, I think I'm going to retire you after are, this I show. Can't wait. I have used this line the entire year <laughs> on the speaking circuit. It's one thing to buy impressions; it's another thing to make one. And I want to live in a world where we are focused on the latter. You know, reach also has that you know double entendre. You have to get there at all to but get. Then when you get there, yeah. you have to get the kind of engagement that matters. Right. Yeah, right? that's right. So it's hard. It's harder now than it ever was. Like how we say, how do you tell big stories in small pieces, right? Because that's what we have. And some of the challenges we're talking about actually require a lot of time totally. and a lot of attention. So you have to really, you know, figure out how are you going to earn that. Who do you think from a content marketing perspective, who do you admire in the brand space? Who do you think is doing a really good job? I will tell you that B2B companies are underrated because they've been pretty good at this. I agree. Intel in that space was fantastic and has been for a long time. And then, of course, you look at Red Bull, and Red Bull has you know, completely earned its position in the world with content marketing, right? So I think those are, are some good examples that come to mind. Who was your favorite content marketer of the year? That's a good question. I think Patagonia. Patagonia has done some yeah. fucking amazing stuff. And, yeah. like, talk about putting your money where your mouth is. And I talk about them all the time. People who have really surprised me is Yeti. So Yeti has done some really fun Oh, my God, docs. the videos do you know in flight? I, do you know what I'm saying? They're phenomenal. Do you know I, I cried my I cried eyes out. With the woman who's a fisher, like the fisherman no, woman? No, I cried over the... I haven't the, seen them. Oh, my God. I cried over the, the dogs. dogs. Oh. oh, God. When that guy starts breaking down, I'm like in aisle 12 in my like seat. You know what Somewhere I mean? Crying. Somewhere in a different air route. 
I was crying with you. But what was so great was it wasn't about product placement. It was really about the customer. It, it was, was so, so well. Brilliantly done. Brilliantly scripted. Brilliant story that felt so real. When you talk about the Yeti approach, I, th- I think of a Venn diagram, right? Like what does Yeti want and what does its customers want? And what's the halfway point, right? We both care about the out- outdoors. We both care about hunting, right? That's where your content marketing nucleus needs to be, not your brand. But also the idea of serving that up on an airplane, I think sort of that isolated emotional that's experience, where yeah, that's I think cool. the placement of it was in and as much effective as the narrative itself. And so I'm going to answer my own question and say that the I'm going to actually not go with a brand. I'm going to go with a channel of where I thought content marketing was extremely effective this year. And that was out of home. I think when you, th- you really think about how brands leveraged um, locality, how they leverage sort of continuity, um, and really sort of using it as an impact medium as well as an awareness medium. You know, when you think about the ways um, newcomer or challenger brands use transit, for oh, example, totally, yeah. totally, completely efficient, and I'm sure as completely effective um, as anything else that they might have been able to use to see lift in particular markets. So as we head into 2019, we have to play our favorite game, Kill by DIY. Which one first? Kill. What would you kill? What would you kill? I would kill surveillance advertising. What is surveillance yeah, what's advertising? surveillance advertising? Knowing so much about me to such a granular uh. level that I feel violated. Okay. I think we can do a lot with less. Like we don't have to know every excruciating detail and we can still get close to the target, right? So I think I'd like to see a lot more um, cautiousness about how much data gets collected and how it gets used because I think we're also in danger of, of poisoning the pond. Yep. All right. I like it. Like that. What would you buy? I would buy listicles. Okay. Because everybody likes likes to or swipeables, swipeable listicles. So <laughs> slisticles, listicles, <laughs> listicles. So um, we love to hate listicles because they seem like a cheap way out. But even the New Yorkers making them now, they just don't call them that. You know, ten articles on architecture that you might have missed, right? So it's a really human way to organize information. If I tell you, you know, 10 things to do in in Barbados or five things to give your child before their first day of school, like, you know how to put that in your own head. So I think we should respect the fact that that's a really great way for people to manage too much information and to organize things personally. Yeah. They get no love. Yeah. And what would you do yourself? Curate. I think, um, you know, too much stuff out there, and I would love to be in another life or in another time somebody who helps sift through it and find, like, the unexpected and and the trustable and the useful. And I think in the next few years, that's going to be a huge role for organizations and people to help us find our way in, like, so much choice. You have a really interesting background with design and technology and your perspective on all of these things that... Um, the business world actually needs a little bit more curation from some of the partners that they're working with. One thing that I know that you've done at Cydia is actually give a lot of executives perspective beyond how they're using their your product and really giving them a bigger perspective on what content actually could do and the difference in communications messaging um, and the shift that's kind of happening. Thank you. So thank you. Thanks for coming on. If people want to get in touch with you. To talk about Cydia and all things swipeable content, 
How do they do that? Linda at Citia, C-I-T-I-A dot com. Thank you, Linda, for coming on. Have a happy holiday. Thank you. Happy holidays. Bye. 2018, what a year. So many amazing conversations with so many of the industry's biggest game changers. Thank you all for coming on, sharing your insights and experiences, and helping us move the industry forward. And thank you to our audience. This has been an amazing year for Adlandia, and I think what Adlandia represents in the marketplace. So in 2019, we want to talk to you more. We want to see you more. We want to hear you more. So big thanks to you, Adlandia listeners. Big thanks to our producer, Dana. All of our friends and family at Panoply. Happy holidays, Laura. Love you. Same to you. We'll be back in 2019. Full disclosure, our opinions are our own. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.